0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Today I'm going to uh, go to the book of Isaiah 55, and I'm just going to run a little bit of uh, a defense here as we go. I uh, spoke on this in Madison last Sunday, and so if you were in the service in Madison, you're going to really recognize some of this. Brother Rayleigh mentioned it, the, these scriptures on Wednesday night. And uh, I just, I, to be honest with you, I never felt like I got everything out of my system on Sunday. And then when he said that again, I've read over these scriptures again and these notes a couple of times. And I'm not going to say anything you haven't already heard. I'm sure that uh, by now most of everything is, uh, is a little bit of this from here and a little bit of that from there. But I'm asking the Lord to just touch us. I want to just share something. Don't intend to take a lot of your time. And uh, we'll go back in the back and enjoy some fellowship. But I want us to consider Isaiah 55 and verses 10 and 11. And what I would really like for us to do as we read these scriptures is just to realize how emphatically they're stated. These are not mere suggestions or nobody's got their fingers crossed hoping this will all come to fruition but it is spoken in such a matter-of-fact tone. Isaiah 55 and 10, the Bible says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It's important to understand that the rain and the snow is not coming down for our enjoyment. Some people really like rainy days. You know, nothing like a rainy day in a good book, right? If you have that opportunity. We don't really get a whole lot of snow to speak of every decade or so, but snow is a beautiful thing, but the Lord didn't say I'm sending that just so that you can be pleased and uh, that we can just create a little beautiful scene for you to write home about. But it's going with an intended purpose, and that is to give seed to the sower, and then ultimately the seed is going to bring some. Some, something forth that can give bread to the eater so I'm, I'm giving you something that you can be sustained by verse 11 the Bible says so shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it amen I'm thankful for the word of God And just for a few minutes today, I I know for several months I've kind of dipped into this vat. But it's just something in my heart. I I want us to have a great appreciation for the Word. The Word of God. That's what's going to get us out of here. That's what will keep us when it's all said and done. You can be seated, amen, in the fear of the Lord. And if you'll give me about an hour and I only take 30 minutes, you'll just feel like you got a great deal. Amen. I'm, I'm praying for the day that we feel by church like people feel by ball games that go into overtime. Amen. Amen. We went into overtime. We went into overtime. I'm teasing you there. Amen. There's, there's something about the Word of God, the promises of God. I believe that I'm speaking to people that have had the Lord make promises to them, whether that promise came by way of prayer Or whether that promise came by way of the word. It was was a promise that was made to us. I think that in our human tendency. Our nature is to think that God thinks like we think. And that somehow God operates to varying degrees like we operate. And so if we say something. And we are a person of our word. Then generally after that promise is made. It's not going to be long. Pretty short succession. We're going to be dealing with that. We're going to be talking about that. And. If we say that we're going to call you sometime, for an instance, well, it'll be our nature probably within the, maybe that day we would call or the next day, just a few days, we're going to call you and about so and so. But you see, the Lord's ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so sometimes the Lord gives promises, and and uh, the Lord has given uh, to me in times past very specific promises, and some of those promises came. In a, in, in, a, in a pretty short length of time, and others of those, it was just like the Lord said it. And then in, in my mind, it's almost like He just forgot all about it. But I know that if the Lord said something and He promised me something, His word is sure and it is not going to return void. That's what the scripture says. And so we think about the word of God and how God has used the word, the preaching of the word. The, the Bible, it, Paul says in Corinthians 18, 1 and 18 and then also in Corinthians 1 and 21 that to the perishing, he said to the perishing the preaching of the cross is nothing more than foolishness. But he said in verse 21, but it pleased God that through the foolishness of preaching to save them that are lost. And so we should never discount the preaching of the word of God. It is a, it is something that I'm thankful that I believe the ministry of this church takes incredibly serious. Not just waiting until service time, uh, you know, so to speak, to just open the word of God, drop our finger on a scripture and just read from there and hope it all comes out well. Amen. There are times that we need the mind of God and times it's a little bit hard to find the mind of God. Amen. But the preaching is such an important thing because something eternal is going on when we are speaking the word of the Lord. But God ordained his word. And he ordained the preaching of his word. And God honors the mouthpiece of his word. Amen. I'm going to tell you that when the word of God is spoken, you can just count on that. You can cling to that. It goes forth under the unction of the spirit. And the Bible says it will accomplish that which I please. And it will prosper that whereinto I sent it. And so he said in Isaiah, he said that the, that the grass can wither and the flower will fade. But the word of God. That is what's going to stand, and that's what we build our hopes on. That's what we build our lives on, and so that's why we place so much value and so much emphasis on the preached word of God. There is a uh, there is an introduction, and if you've been to our website, then you know this introduction has been there many years. Um, it, it introduces a, a little bit about our church and about the message, maybe that's going to be. Uh, the, it's it's but it's a little lead into the message that's listed on our website. And one of the things that is said, one portion of that statement says is that we place great value on the preached word of God. Amen. We did that's not a filler. That's that's not something to take up a few seconds of time to lead into a sermon. That is a statement uh, if you please, of our true belief, that is the foundation of who we are. We place a lot of emphasis on the preached Word of God. I'm thankful for every extension of ministry that we have in our church, but we have a clear and concise understanding that if a life is going to be changed, it's going to take the preaching of the Word of God to do that. Therefore, we put a lot of emphasis on the preached Word of God. I, I My entire life, I've heard, um, I've heard, I don't even, hundreds perhaps through my life of preachers introduced and, and they would be introduced in this fashion and somewhat like this and say and now for the most important part of this service. And so that wasn't a shadow cast over everything that had happened up there. That wasn't a slam to the musicians or singers or anything that had happened uh, prior to that but it was an emphatic statement of how much we trust and believe the word of God. Now to the most important part of this service and that is the preaching of the word of the Lord. I think every preacher would probably agree with with this that uh, we can read our text and we can kind of give some few opening comments but when a congregation is seated and I've never gotten over this after all of these years but when I say you may be seated as you sit down I feel the weight of what's fixing to happen. Because you see we haven't yet connected around a center thought. I just read a few scriptures. And and now the challenge is going to be to bridge a gap. Between where I am and where you are. And, and let's listen and warm our hands and our hearts around. Thus saith the word of God. Amen. The Bible. Uh, Solomon said. He said there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless the counsel of the Lord. The counsel of the Lord. The word of God. That is what will stand. That shall stand. A lot of things that can be in the heart of a man, but it's the word of God that will keep us in all things. And so we need the word of God. Amen. And so I would remind you again that when you draw a line, it doesn't matter where you draw a line, you're going to hear me repeat something I've said many times, that when you draw a line in your life, Amen. Our message this morning, our our service and our first service this morning, the title was about that drawn line. When you draw a line in your life, that is where the battle begins. It doesn't matter where that line is, because some people think if we just move the line, that'll bring peace and that'll bring comfort, and we won't have to fuss about that line. But you just hang on; that peace won't last long. Very won't last very long at all, because after a while. Another generation is going to challenge that line. It may not even take another generation. Somebody's going to challenge that line, and so we have to understand that we have when we draw a line that sets us in a completely separate place. I, I've used an illustration about curfews and things of that nature when I mentioned this, and and uh, today during the service I was reminded of something that happened many years ago, and, and uh, when I was a, uh, a young man, uh, my my grand parents, uh, my grandmother and grandfather uh, on my dad's side of the family um, that lived on a just like a little U-shaped street that kind of come off the main road, and, and you just kind of turn left or right off that road, and it just led right back out to the main road. But there was a community of people that lived there, and many of them had lived there for decades. Those same families had raised their families right there on this maybe a little mile or two uh, stretch of road, and there was one of those families whose daughter um, had, just, had just been raised without any lines, no lines whatsoever, and uh, her life just ran aground, and she wound up uh, going to prison and serving a very lengthy prison sentence, and, and I, I can just remember, I was young, but I can remember the adults talking about this, how that she had written her letter, a letter to her mother, and uh, you might think this is a little bit disrespectful, and I'm not sure really what the angle of this was, but I'll just give you the message that she had written a letter to her mother. And, and in her letter to her mother, she said, I want you to know that I feel like you are to blame for me being where I am. Because she said, I remember playing in this community, this neighborhood, just one, just one street. And she said, when all the other parents were calling their children and telling them it's time to come home, You never called me and told me it was time to come home. And so when, when all the other children were saying, parents were saying, no, you can't go there, you never told me that I couldn't go there. And so what she thought was just absolute liberty. I'm just free to come and go, and I'm free to do whatever I want to do. But she realized all too late that that's not how the world works, that you just can't do what you want when you want to do it amen and so and because of the lack of lines the lack of there being any structure it caused her to think in her young adolescent mind I can do whatever I want to do and nobody can tell me no and nobody can do anything about it but she realized as an adult she looked back on that and she said I wonder how different my life would have been when it got dark if you had made me come home I wonder how different it would have been that whenever I asked to go to some that you knew would not be in my best interest I wonder where my life would be today if you had said no instead of yes again I don't understand the depth of the breadth of uh, of the dynamics of this family but it was certainly something as a child that a young man that I heard that I never got away from and it made me in some strange way have an appreciation for a mom and dad that said this is where the line is and we're not going to move the line and if you cross that line there's going to be consequences about crossing that line they were me. Amen. amen. <laughs> now, I wasn't some big, bad biker dude, but I was just like you. I pushed the lines. And I can remember coming in the back kitchen door one night, just about 10 or 15 minutes late, and I thought, they're, they're all as well. They're all asleep. Who's, no one's going to be the wiser until I got in, and I saw my dad just standing there. <laughs> and he just wanted to remind me. You stepped across the line." And there's going to be consequences for stepping across the line. Amen. And so when you draw a line. And so I, I, I would say like in the, in the scripture where you read John 3 and 3. Where the Lord said except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. When you draw lines like that. The world that we live in. Don't want anything to do with that. They don't want somebody to tell you. They, they don't want to hear that. They want to stick their fingers in their ears and sing loud and, and ignore that. But I'm going to tell you there's lines in the word of God. And we must understand the value of those lines. And so whenever we come to those lines, we have a decision to make. And I, I again, I think eternity is weighed in these decisions. And so this is no small matter. We've got to decide what we're going to do. Amen. God his word often leaves us with many serious decisions to make. And so all throughout the word of God. Amen. There are doctrinal distinctives and there are obvious things where the Lord is calling us as a body, as a church, individually. Ever how you want to, ever how you want to summarize that, he is calling us to be separate unto him. Paul warns the church, the New Testament church, the early church, about wolves and sheep's clothing. And Paul said, if anybody comes to you preaching another gospel, he even said, if an angel comes preaching another gospel, let him be a curse. And so I think we have to understand the value of those piercing words. I also want to underscore the importance today, and again, this is a well that I've been fishing in for several, several months now, that how important it is to have doctrine in our life. It's important for doctrine to be preached in this pulpit because that's what's going to keep us in balance. That's what will keep the ship aright. That's what will hold us in the, in the storms and the wave. And so doctrine is the substance of something that's taught. It's what we build our lives on. It, And, uh, and so when we think about the early ministry of Jesus... How the, the Bible says of Jesus when he was found in the temple teaching and in other places where he was teaching, it wasn't what he was saying that got the attention of those that overheard him. But the Bible says that he taught with authority. Amen. He taught with authority. Matthew 7 says that Jesus didn't teach like the scribes, but he taught as one having authority. The scribes, the Pharisees, now, they they weren't trying to be uh, disrespectful to them because they were very educated people and no doubt could break down, obviously, down to the letter of the law. But he said they that Jesus spoke with authority and not just with eloquence. And I think if there's anything we need today, if there's anything we need to have our hands around, our heart around, is an appreciation for anointed teaching and preaching of the word of God. Amen. I, I do want, I do want Myself and I want every person that stands behind this pulpit, I want us to do the very best that we can, the very best presentation that we can. But I'm going to tell you, if we got a great presentation and no anointing, we're in trouble. Amen. We need the anointing of the Word of God. We need God's Word because His Word is the substance of everything. Amen. That we build our lives on. The, The Bible talks about in 2 Timothy 4, A time coming that when people would not endure sound doctrine... Now I believe that this could have been preached In any generation but there is No generation more fitting than the Hour in which we live amen People that just say this too much I don't, I don't want to go there I don't want To get under the burden of all that and so I believe that our generation fulfills That scripture like Probably no other generation before us And there are people that are Rejecting the finality of doctrine And I don't mean just individuals There's entire churches that are Rejecting the power of Doctrinal preaching But I'm going to tell you That when we do that We link hands And join leagues With people That's not going to carry us Higher in God But they're going to take us Away from God The, the Bible mentioned in, Hebrew, in Matthew 6 and 16 Jesus said Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. The word leaven in scripture is the same word that we would use in our modern vernacular as yeast. And so he said, beware of the leaven or beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And I think that what we should really grasp from this and take home is this one thing. What is it about the leaven? Or what is it about the yeast? Amen. The one thing that I believe that we could take home from this is this. Amen. That yeast or leaven works silently and it works secretly. It's an eventual work. It doesn't. You don't just sprinkle it on there and it changes it in an instant. It's just little by little by little. And so the Lord said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Amen. We must beware of the things that just little by little, by little if we've got some conviction if we had some convictions that we've let go of we might better check our heart for leaven. amen if, if we've got had some things in our life that we felt nailed down and now it doesn't seem all that important there may be something silently but ever so accurately whittling away at the things in our life I want to make up my mind amen I don't ever want to turn around I don't ever want to turn around through the years, my, my wife and I have joked about this. She says, when you leave the driveway, she said. sometimes I forgot to tell you something, especially before days of cell phones and things of that nature. And she said, but when you drive out of the driveway, you never look back. And I said, think about that. I know I never look back. Amen. I hope I can say that spiritually, that when I pulled out on this way that I don't ever want to look back. Amen. I know what she's talking about, but I don't. I want to say focus. I want to. I want a laser-like focus on this because I've got to make it in the end. Amen. I, I will tell you that that just like just like a true doctrine can affect people and individuals and families and societies, so can wrong doctrine. We've been praying this month. Uh, our, a lot of our prayer focus has been praying about people in other countries, some of that 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 in other parts of the world. That don't have not had the gospel preached to them, and we've been praying for the Spirit of the Lord to reveal, Amen. If the Lord could visit Nicodemus. Then he can visit anybody in any the most remote remote region part of our world. The Lord can move and minister in their life. We've been praying about that because we want the winds of true doctrine to blow strong. We want the winds of true doctrine to blow strong. Amen. Let that word get where it needs to. Amen. Let the Spirit of God solidify our lives. We need the power of the Lord to hold us and to keep us. Amen. Because that... It's what's going to make a difference. Amen. That determines who we are and what we are and what we can stand for and what we can stand up for. The Bible says holding fast to that that was once delivered to the saints. I want to be that person that, that, uh, that understands the value of what's being handed to me so that I can hand that to another generation. And I want it to be as good or even better than it was when it was handed and placed in my care. Amen. Amen. I read one more scripture found in Titus in verse number 2 and verse number 10, uh, chapter 2, verse number 10. The scripture says, not purloining, but showing good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. And, And again, much like the leaven, this word purloining means to pilfer or to steal secretly, and generally the stealing goes on little by little. And so Titus says, not prolonging. Amen. we got to make sure that nothing is just taking something, that no one or nothing is taking something little by little by little by little. Amen. And let me tell you something, that's most often how the devil works. He's not just going to come kick your front door down. Chances are. But it's just going to be here a little and there a little, here a little and there a little. And after a while, we wake up one day, and it's all just been an air castle. Amen. I don't, want the, I don't want the enemy to come and pilfer anything. Amen. I want the word of the Lord to be solid and sure and confident in my life. I want to understand this and I'm going to go back to my text. He said, Just like I send the rain and just like I send the snow, not for your pleasure, but I send it to water. And it's going to water and it's going to bring forth seed and the seed is going to bring forth bread. My word When my word goes forth. And so today I just want to encourage you that if you've ever received a word from the Lord, hold on to that. In your darkest day, hold on to that. When it seems like heaven has been silent for an eternity, hold on to that word. Because there is a difference between the calling of God and the timing of God. God called Joshua, God called Joseph rather, ultimately to be on the throne or next to the throne at least in Egypt, amen, that's where God called him. But there was a long time between the calling and him getting there, amen. And so just because you're not there doesn't mean you're not on the way there. And so let's ask God to touch us today. I'll ask you to stand. Thank you for your attention, amen. Let's ask God to bless this day in its entirety. We're going to bless our food. And I do want to encourage you, if you can, please go back to the annex and let's support our young people.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7:30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.